0: director of Paw Patrol, Dayton Brady Knox, and learn a little bit more about the organization and how they've benefited animals in the Southwest Ohio region, how they've impacted the Miami Valley for more than a decade. So it's an exciting interview, so I hope you'll stay tuned. I'm happy to feature someone that's local that I always follow and i I just saw on it was so funny because i had mentioned marky mark to you the other day and it was on my one-year memories of where i had shared him so it was bittersweet because um he still needs a home and um it's dogs like him that make me want to do this can you tell a little bit about how Paul Patrol got started in, in our community? Sure.
1: Um, so, we have been around now for a little over 11 years, which seems ridiculous to me. Um, I shouldn't even be that old. Um, <laughs>
0: <What>? <laughs>
1: but, yeah, so, we started as a group that was formed to actually help dogs that were living outside. Um, okay. Day- Dayton had a really big problem with Dogs being chained outdoors, um, and so our group was first started after. There's there's some other groups that exist, like throughout the nation, that kind of does the same work. Um, they build fences to get these dogs off their chains. They give out dog houses, they neuter things like that. That's what we were modeling ourselves after to start with, um, and we did that for a few years, and and it was relatively successful, but. Um, I can't remember exactly how many years into us existing, but Dayton actually passed a law that you cannot chain your dog outside for for longer than, I think it's like a 30 minute period at a time. Uh, Which is amazing. Um, And so thankfully, like, that need, while it still existed a little bit, it, it dramatically decreased. And so we just slowly started transitioning over to um, we started helping people get their animals fixed, even if they were inside, um, and then just kind of kept morphing into the rescue that it is today.
0: So I that. have known some people who needed to, for various reasons, that they were looking for someone that could take their dog because of whatever reason, um, that was beyond their control. What happens uh, for a dog like that, that isn't fixed, that isn't fader neutered, um, do you help with that to facilitate in in that type of rescue? That would end up being, I guess, an owner surrender, even if you don't facilitate the, the surrender part.
1: Yes, we'll fix any animal for anyone. Um, I mean, I don't care. We don't do income checks. We don't care who owns the animal um, be, because it's, there's just too many, right? So we will right, fix. Right. Right. Um, you know, we do ask for for a small fee. Um, For cats, I think we asked for $25. For dogs, it's $50. Um, I'll be honest, if it was someone truly in need and they couldn't afford that, we're going to do it anyway. Um, But absolutely, when it comes to fixing an animal, we will always do it.
0: I always saw it as a, a kind of a financial thing that we just weren't able to make that that happen um, at the time. And now that they're older, uh, I really wish that we would have and not thought as much about what could have happened during the surgery because it's actually left them with some things that I wish hadn't have happened. How long of a process is it for the dogs that you fix and you get spayed and neutered and what goes into that?
1: Um, So basically anytime someone reaches out to us we fix seniors all the time to be honest with you. Um, We have someone fill out some paperwork like I said make the payment if they can we get them an appointment the animal goes in Um, they are brought home same day they are not having to stay there overnight or anything like that Um, and we have fixed like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of animals over the years. And I can think of one out of literally thousands. I'm going to, I'm going to say we're close to probably at least 2000. I can think of one animal that ever had an issue when they got put under, you know, for that um, surgery. So it, the risk is so minimal. Um, and I'm sure you know you're probably aware, but if you don't get them fixed, there are right. it's putting them at higher risk for things like different kinds of cancers, um, hyomitra, right. you know, mammary tumors, things like that. So it's a very I, I want to say as painless as possible. You drop them off in the morning, you pick them up that afternoon. Um, you know, they may have to wear a cone for a few days. <laughs>
0: How do you receive most of the animals that you take in, especially, like, cats? Are they still, like, a lot of strays, or where do they kind of come from the most?
1: The most would be, for cats, I would say a stray. Um, so, what we do is, there are a couple different groups that do the TNR work in this area, which is trap, neuter, release. Okay. Um A big one we work with a lot is called Bata Cats, and that's kind of their mission, is TNR cats. Um, And so what happens is sometimes there are feral cat colonies that they're, you know, people are feeding and they're helping get them fixed. And some of these cats are not feral. They are cats that someone has dumped or they've gotten loose or whatever. They're friendly cats. And so, you know, they get caught in these traps and get fixed, which is so great. But then we can take them in and kind of run them through an adoption program. And then they're not just having to go back out. You know.
0: That's feral amazing. Cat-
1: yeah. Yeah. Feral cat colonies are amazing for the feral that, you know, aren't
0: adoptable. About some dogs that are kind of famous in the community for those of us who follow you and follow um, the organization. um, Tell tell me about how those names come about, and and what do you think are some things that could, that maybe people don't know about dogs like Marky Mark or other dogs um, that are kind of famous that maybe are preventing them from getting adopted that could get them adopted?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So as far as the names, we do. So (laughs) I kind of made a rule that we try not to use the same name more than once. Um, And so after hundreds of animals, you start to get really creative. Right. Um, And it just, it makes for like more fun bio writing and things like Marky Mark and the Barky Bunch and all that. I mean, that's, that's a fantastic read. If you have not read that bio, you know, it's just, it's funny. Um, we've had a Hugh Hefner before. We've had um you just just you know, we pick litters um and we name them after something like chocolate bars or liquor or whatever. Just because yeah. it's fun, you know. Um it it, it does it, it sometimes names get animals adopted. As crazy as that is, sometimes it does. Um and then other times like my little my dude Marky Mark, who's actually running around here now. Um Hasn't worked for him as well, um, you know. Each animal is just—they're they're, unique—and Mark is a unique guy. <laughs> um, you know, he—he he does have some genetic uh, issues. Like, is basically, he doesn't have wrists, so his front, his front feet, are just kind of attached to his leg, and they don't bend like a normal dog. So he walks kind of uh, off kilter. Um, and he's just, he's a very, I don't know what he is. He's like a very interesting mix. It looks like a pit bull head on a dachshund body with a, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Um, so he's, he's really cool. He's just very unique. And um, he needs a really unique owner that understands him. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's a little bit shy to get used to new people as well. So. Great. Right. So he hangs out with me for, you know, the last two, two years or so. He just hangs out here.
0: <laughs> what are the types of things that would benefit your organization most right now um, from the community or from anyone?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean outside of obviously we always need fosters we always need donations you know all all of that stuff um, that everyone needs right Um, you know just for sure so we're a completely volunteer run organization Uh, we do not have any public facility or any shelter so you know people can't just come and visit our animals or come and meet us Um, and so we kind of have to rely on social media pretty heavily um, to To get us and our animals out there. So certainly just sharing our posts. We post a lot. Um, we're on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and we, we, of course, have our own website as well, which is Um So just, that's a the huge thing for us, is just spreading the word about us. Because I meet people all the time. And they're like, oh my gosh, i you know, I had no idea you guys were, you know, in existence for 11 years, you know. Right. Um, But we are here, um, so just that's one for sure. Um, And then another is, you know, kind of along the same lines, attending the events that we have. Uh, We try to have a wide variety of events throughout the year. Um, Some of them are animal themed, like we have meet and greets at different locations, pet stores or parks or different kinds of stores. Um, And then some of them are just fun, like events, like, Typically, they're fundraisers, of course, because, you know, we are a charity. Um, But, you know, we do a bingo night once a month um, at one of the um, Yellow Cab Tavern, downtown Dayton. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we do do a huge yard sale every May. Um, You know, all different. We've been doing puppy and kitten yoga uh, recently because we've had quite a few different litters of puppies and kittens. Um, so just coming to our events and supporting us in that way is huge. Um, and then, you know, the only other thing I can think of is, you know, more, um, we and all rescues, um, can probably benefit from just more partnerships. Um, and what I mean by that is whether we're working with other rescues or shelters in the area, which we do, um or just partnering up, you know, with more vets or business owners, you know, things like that. Um, there's a lot of small businesses out there that we probably aren't, you know, aware of or they're not aware of us. And, um, okay. you know, just, just that partnership, we could be, you know, beneficial to one another. Um, we actually just had, um, we are in two different uh, pet stores now. We have cats in, in stores. Um, so Norman's Pet Supplies in downtown Dayton um, and Dr. Jack's, I always want to say it wrong, Dr. Jack's Aquatics and Exotics, um, which is in Beaver uh. Creek by the Green. Uh, we actually have adoptable cats in both of those just small locally owned businesses. Um, So we share about them, they, you know, that they let us put our cats there. So it's, it's very beneficial to us both. So, um, you know, if anybody is out there that owns a business or, you know, could partner with us in some way, that would be amazing.
0: Tell me about some of the dogs that have had success stories that maybe you didn't necessarily maybe it di- maybe their story didn't start out so promising some a dog that maybe you thought i don't know and then they surprised you and they got adopted right away
1: yeah yeah so we've done a lot of medical um like medical needs dogs um i have done a dog in a wheelchair i have done a puppy that had swimmer syndrome uh, we've done a lot of blind deaf um, and you get them and you're like oh my gosh nobody can take care of these as well as I can nobody's right. gonna you know nobody's gonna adopt this dog or whatever um, and the one specifically that sticks out to me his name was Hawking um, mm-hmm. after Stephen Hawking he was in a yes. wheelchair and he'd been, hit, he'd been hit by a car um, when he oh. was young he was only like two um, and so he had a little bit of a complex because, you know, he knew now his mobility was limited. So he was, right? you know, he had to get to, he had to work with him a little bit. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And this, this 21 year old college student applies for this dog. I've had him like six months. Well, um, I mean, he was a continent. I mean, it was a whole thing. Like you had to take yeah. him out, get him to use the, you know, the bathroom outside. I'm like this no college kid. I, but, I'm like you deny, kidding? you know. <laughs> I'm instantly like, I don't even want to look at this application. Deny, you know. No, but we processed it, and I met her, and I was like, ha. Okay, well, that was the perfect home for that dog. Um, she takes him like to bars, like on the patio with her in his wheelchair, and he has these little roller skates on the back wow. on his back that touch the ground, so they roll with his chair. And it is all her roommates loved him, like. It was the best, cutest story. He has his own Instagram now.
0: Um, Oh, wow.
1: It was so cool. And I was just like, she gave him a better home than I ever could have given him. So it's just, you got to be open sometimes. Right, Um, exactly.
0: But that kind of goes back to the thing because, you know, maybe that 21-year-old or maybe that 30-year-old or 40-year-old or whatever, maybe that person is here in the miami valley but maybe that person is in texas you know or arizona or somewhere like that and i would love to hear more stories about dogs like hawking dogs like marky mark dogs that need this help and you know they're waiting and waiting and waiting and some have wonderful fosters and you know directors who are taking them on but some are you know waiting in those shelters so there are a lot of organizations that need help even more than others some are critical all the time and constantly in the red you know uh, places like I saw uh, one of the organizations in Cincinnati took in over 300 dogs just since the beginning of July and it's insane because how do you ever come back you know how do you ever recover from that and find homes for every one of those dogs or cats whatever it may be
1: Mm -hmm. for sure for sure um I mean you kind of being in rescue for many years you you establish a lot of those informal relationships with other you know rescuers networkers transporters um but it's just because you stumbled across them um, like right. you said, there's there's no overarching like resource that I could go to, to and be like, oh, somebody in Nebraska wants a pit bull with short right. legs. There we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> so absolutely, that that would be so beneficial.
0: About the impact that you feel like the organization has had so far in 2023, because. I have seen so many posts about people, um, saying I need somebody to take my dog. I need to rehome my dog. Uh, Tell me uh, about the impact that fall patrols had for the Miami Valley so far this year.
1: Sure. Sure. So, um, so I actually, I did pull some numbers just so I had them on hand. Um, I did do them for the last year from July to July of, July of okay. 22 to July of this year um, but we have taken in 120 cats um, and we've gotten 102 of those cats adopted wow and then we've taken in 163 dogs and gotten 160 of those dogs adopted
0: wow that is that is amazing
1: yeah yeah so I mean sometimes adoptions are very cyclical and so there are certain a few like for a couple months they're just adoption 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 and you're like oh my gosh this is great and then there's a lull and you'll have three or four months where it's just like okay no one's getting adopted and it just it's always been like that it just goes in kind of um follows like holidays and vacations and you know the economy not being great right now not as many adoptions you know whatever um but I, I think, you know, we're, we're doing our best to take in as many as we can with the foster homes that we have. So I think we're, we're well, making, I like, you are a and that is
0: amazing. Um, I know that the animals are so grateful and, and those of us who, who love those animals so much are grateful for the folks that do this, uh, kind of thankless work in a lot of ways. Um, so I am, am very proud to be from this area and, um, get to see your posts all the time and always happy to share those and, and feature those as often as possible it was very nice meeting you and i look forward to speaking with you again very soon and please pat mark for me because i hope to meet him someday and uh thank you so much for your time For more information on Paw Patrol Dayton, the animals in their care, waiting for adoption, or other ways you can help, please visit them at pawpatroldayton.com, on Facebook and Instagram at backslash Dayton, or by calling them at 937-350-1729. Catch up soon when I'll sit down with Bluegrass Bully Rescue, Saved by Fate Dog Rescue, and some other surprises along the way. Thank you to Brandy Knox, the Executive Director of Paw Patrol Dayton and their amazing volunteers. And thank you for tuning in. Remember, together we can save animals, one animal at a time.